Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. Golf Talk Live is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's Andrew to tell you more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Welcome to Golf Talk Live with your host, Ted Odorico. Join Ted each week as he speaks with some of the best in golf. Sit back, relax, and listen to tonight's show. Let's join our host, Ted Odorico, as he introduces tonight's special guest. All right, good evening, everybody, and once again, welcome to Golf Talk Live. I, of course, am your host, Ted Odorico, and always excited to be with you here Thursday evenings. Um, we're wrapping up uh, sort of our preseason, if you will, uh, with tonight's show, and I'll introduce my uh, very special guest this evening here in just a moment. But uh, just a reminder, of course, we are live normally uh, every Thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Central uh, or 7 to 9 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network. And the best way to find us, of course, is to go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golftalklive, and you can tune in live uh, during those time slots. Uh, and if for some reason you can't join us live, then you can just go to that link and scroll down to the on-demand section, and you can listen to the previously aired shows in their entirety. Uh, but as I mentioned, this is sort of a, a pre-warm-up, if you will, to the season. This is season 10. Uh, as I mentioned a couple of shows ago, I'm super excited. This is my 10th year uh, doing Golf Talk Live, so it's a, hit that first big milestone, if you will. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. And uh, next week, which will be the 3rd of March, it's hard to believe we're rolling into uh, a third month, if you will, in 2022, but we are. Uh, that will be my full broadcast. So uh, the last couple of weeks, as you, if you've been tuning in, you've noticed that we just did from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. We're going to do that the same thing tonight, or 7 to 8, for the, again, for those on the East Coast. And then next week, we're going to get into the full show, which will be a two-hour broadcast, and that will start off with the Coach's Corner segment, which most of you that have been following the show are familiar with, and then my interview guest will actually come on the second half uh, of the show. So I'm really excited to get back into the full uh, uh, momentum, if you will, of, of the program, and really looking forward to having the gang back on in the Coach's Corner discussions. We've got some great topics we're going to be covering this year, but uh, glad you could join us tonight. As I said, we're, we're wrapping up sort of the preseason, if you will, and I've got a very special guest. He's been on a number of times over the last couple of years. Uh, one of my uh, favorite guests, uh, Dr. Bern Bernacki, he is the president of the Gulf Heritage Society. Uh, he is a, a community-based, self-employed family physician of 35 years who, uh, like many of you listening to the show, loves the game of golf. Uh, but he does things a little bit differently. He plays golf in a variety of ways, uh, one being with uh, the old hickory-style uh, clubs. Uh, obviously, he plays uh, steel and some of the modern-era shafts, of course, as well. But he always plays with a period-appropriate ball as well. Uh, he's also been active uh, with youth development and drug prevention activities, uh, and he actually uh, had been involved in a leadership role with the First Tee uh, organization in Pittsburgh. Uh, currently, he serves, as I mentioned, the membership of the Golf Heritage Society as their president of the president, excuse me, of the organization. So, please welcome back my very special guest, Dr. Byrne Bernacki. Dr. Byrne, welcome to the show. 
Ted, thanks for having me back, and congratulations to you on that outstanding 10-year uh, programming uh, uh, milestone. Terrific. Well, you know what? Um, thank you, first off. And it's been, it's been an interesting journey, and I, I have to say what, what's really kind of unique about it is I have a, an opportunity to speak with so many different people in our industry and uh, from a variety of different positions, uh, from tour players to uh, golf uh, instructional coaches to authors uh, to members of organizations like yourself. And uh, so it gets sort of a, the full gamut, if you will, of, of the industry, and I've really enjoyed it. I always feel like I, you know, uh, I get to hear a lot of things that maybe um, some in, in my industry, I'm in the golf industry as a, as a teacher professional, and you certainly know a lot of things, but uh, there's a lot of things that you don't get to, uh, to always come across. So this is sort of is an eye-opener not only for the audience, but also for me as well. Uh, I get to see a lot of different aspects of the, of the game that we, uh, as I mentioned, both uh, uh, admire and love so much. So um, thank you again for, for being my guest again this evening. I uh, always enjoy having you back. You've been back now. I think this is the third or maybe fourth time that you've been back on the show. So um, you're helping to make the 10 years uh, very exciting and interesting. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm just delighted. And we have uh, something in common. That's um, the good fortune of having so much fun through the game of golf. Yeah, it, you know, it, it is really interesting. It, it can certainly uh, put you through the gamut, of course, at times. It can run you ragged. And uh, I think at least half of the gray hairs I have on my head uh, are from trying to, to master this game, which, of course, you never really fully do. You just keep learning as you go along. But uh, it's always been interesting. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's fun. Uh, so let me uh, start things off. Uh, again, I know that there's a lot of uh, listeners that, that tune in every week, and I'm sure they've heard you before on the program. Uh, but we always uh, you know, like to uh, sort of refresh people's memory, not just for those that uh, tune in regularly, but for some of the news li new listeners as well. Uh, maybe you could explain a little bit about what the Golf uh, Heritage Society is, what it's about. Be happy to. Well, the Golf Heritage Society is a 50-year-old organization. Uh, we used to be called the Golf Collectors Society, and the Golf Collectors Society really um, were people that uh, like to get together um, uh, talking about their collectibles, their balls, their clubs, and those kind of things. And uh, that was fun. And when we learned and decided that, wow, there's so many other things about the game of golf and so many of our members have interest in, we, in 2018, broadened the name and the mission to be the Golf Heritage Society. And the mission was expanded a bit. And if you think about it, um, this society seeks to promote the appreciation for the history and the traditions mm -hmm. of the game of golf. And also to bring people together, we see ourselves as sort of a vessel to bring friendship um, among golf enthusiasts worldwide, uh, to bring people who are golfers and writers and historians and those collectors, of course, um, especially those collectors of the artifacts uh, and memorabilia, because those items are the things that bring the history of the game of golf to life. And it's really cool because a lot of our folks, um, when they uh, look at an item, uh, they know uh, a lot about it, uh, who made it, where, uh, under what set of circumstances. And some of our folks are actual uh, experts or authorities or special interests that have taken a lot of time and energy to learn a lot about the different aspect uh, of, uh, of collecting. And we learn from that 
that, you know, a lot of the folks, well, gee, you know, the players, the PGA folks, um, and the, um, the golf course superintendents, for example, um, they all plug right into that. The people, the places, and the events around the game of golf that relate to those artifacts. So it's pretty fun. So, and we're going to talk about uh, some of the upcoming events a, a little bit later, but I, I want to ask you something with respect to the society. So obviously you're very, very familiar with, with the different uh, things that you do within the society and that. Um, what's, some of the, what's some of the feedback that you get when, because uh, obviously you, you try to educate the public more about the history of the game and, and honoring obviously uh, the history. Um, but what's some of the feedback that you get from um, people that maybe don't know a lot about the history when they start to see through, whether it be through events that you guys are doing or just through communications and that, what's some of the feedback that you get? Or I, I guess a better way to put it is um, what's some of the, I guess, aspects of the game that most people maybe don't realize until they get involved with, with the society and start to learn about the actual history? What are some of the, the things that you've come across in, in some of your um, again, uh, either trade shows or, or outings that uh, people say to you, wow, you know, I really didn't know that about the history. Yeah, that's exactly the point, Ted. You know, when w- the way we do what we do is um, getting together, and sometimes that's around playing, um, uh, and it may be, you know, regular golf and storytelling, or it may be with some um, designed um, uh, heritage round around Hickory or uh, classic clubs um, and, and getting together, or it might be a gathering of folks that want to share a certain type of collectible and have sort of a focus meeting, focus group, if you will. But when people bring new pe- new um, individuals uh, and they can kind of plug into what we're doing and see the connection to the history, um, they usually have just a few words to say like, cool, or wow, mm-hmm. I didn't know or I got to learn more. So when, when we mm-hmm. hear that, there's usually a connection for somebody that ought to be a member. And you know what? That's mostly everybody who uh, appreciates <laughs> the game of golf. So, you know, we're, we're open uh, for all people who want to learn a little bit more on maybe a, a little different level. It's, it's so much fun around the calendar of the game of golf every year because you have the masters and all the, um, all the, you know, just deep, rich history that's associated with the masters, whether it's collectibles or the people uh, and where they came from, uh, you know. So there's so much about that. And then you move into the U.S. Open and the PGA and the Open. And it's, there's always uh, things to talk about connecting the current players in uh, those conversations about past winners and where they were played and under what conditions. It's just so much um, uh, fun to go back and, you know, do those comparisons and, and, and have fun um, uh, helping people uh, learn a little bit more about their, their favorite event, whether it's the U.S. Open or the Masters or what have you. Mm-hmm. Are, are you surprised when you see, particularly the youth, I mean, as I mentioned uh, in, in the opening that uh, you worked with uh, the first tee of Pittsburgh and that, so you had obviously access to a lot of youngsters and I'm sure had many conversations. Are, you, are, are they surprised, is a better way to put it, when they hear about some of the history of the game? Because they see what's 
they see what's on television today or they see what's out at the golf course today. They're not, they weren't around, you know, 20, 30, 40, or even 100 years ago. Are they shocked when you talk to them about uh, some of the history of the game, how it was originally played and so forth? Are they kind of like taken back a little bit, do you think? And, and what's been some of the responses there? Well, the kids are so much fun, and uh, and that's a real good segue into a little bit of my first tee, although there are other youth uh, organizations uh, in addition mm-hmm. to the first tee, the, the PGA, uh, Junior League, and multiple other opportunities for young people, and everywhere where Golf Heritage Society members can either show up or direct people to our website. By the way, that's golfheritage.org. Mm-hmm golfheritage.org. We, we um, invite people to learn a little bit, but when we're with young people, you know, show and tell is always the best. So I, I, mm-hmm. if I may tell a quick story, um, I, I sure. love to, to show up with um, a few old uh, golf balls, uh, and in one I have gutta percha, which is a chunk of Malaysian uh, rubber that used to be used for packing material back when they had uh, transportation with sailing ships. And um, I will throw a chunk of that over to my right and a chunk of it is pressed in, inside of a, um, a mold uh, but not trimmed so it looks like the, the planet Saturn with the ring on it. Um, and then uh, one that's been um, trimmed but not yet painted. And, and the people that catch those throwaways come on up and I say, time's up, what do you have there? And it's it's immediate that they put it together. Well, this is a golf ball, of course, and is this what mm-hmm. it came from? The questions flow, and they want to know mm-hmm. all about that ball, where it was in history, et cetera, et cetera. So it's always fun to do the show and tell, and always the kids say, they, they look at you and say at the end, hey, can we play with some of these? And then we're on to the next thing, a chipping and putting event uh, on the putting green. And at the end of that, Ted, they say the same thing. I wonder if we could go out and play a few holes with these. And we always say, sure, let's do that. And it enhances (laughs) the interest. And when I do it, I make them um, fill out an application. Why am I doing this? Who are you? Why am I doing this? And what do you expect out of it? And then when they come in after a six-hole threesomes, um, either best ball or alternate shot or whatever they're going to go out and play, they'll come back after those holes, and the senior kids will go out and play full 18 with a hickory set that we give them. Mm -hmm. uh, And I'll clean and bundle bundle the sticks and then flip the application over and answer the questions. Well, why did I do this? What did I learn? and uh, what would make this a better event. It's amazing what those kids write down. And uh, some of these kids have gone on to become professional folks, uh, one through the Naval Academy, another through the Army uh, Academy, and I have their comments of what they wrote when they went out and played hickory golf. So it's, it's great fun wow. for them to have that experience. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's interesting, too, because, you know, I'm always amazed at how little of the history of the game, even some of today's players. I mean, there's obviously certain players that um, really dove into the history. Uh, ben Crenshaw rings a bell, um, and, and there were others, obviously, besides him that uh, really took a, a vested interest in some of the history of the game uh, and, and studied it and so forth. Um, but it's amazing, even some of today's players that really don't know um, that much. I mean, they have a general idea, but really don't know 
um, that much about um, the history of the game itself. They go back maybe 20 or 30 years, depending on their age, and then beyond that, they really don't know. Um, and you were mentioning to me before we, we came on air that uh, you were at the PGA show. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, the PGA show was uh, uh, real cool. Um, when we went there, you know, they said it was scaled down because of COVID and uh, some of the um, you know, big uh, club makers uh, were, were not present, but it was so big. We, we had a, a team of six um, doing different things, um, interacting with media and conducting interviews to, you know, you, you talk about uh, extending information beyond the 20-year range. Well, you're right. Um, we we it's up to people like you, Ted, and me, to um, help educate the public and help them develop an interest and go online and find sources to uh, learn and uh, become more aware. So in, in Pittsburgh, some of our youngsters really, you know, Arnold Palmer grew up 50 miles to the southeast of the city of Pittsburgh, and right. we're now re- recycling back to to put classic clubs in. Uh, the young kids, uh, youngsters' hands to help them uh, relate to the Arnold Palmer era. But anyway, a lot of the people that we met in the PGA show um, were those folks who absolutely grew up with the Palmer, Nicholas, Player, Trevino, Crenshaw era, mm-hmm. and we right. were very popular. They wanted to, you know, talk with us, and we had so much fun doing it. Um, as you know, and as most of your listeners probably know, the PGA Merchandise Show relates to any and all things that uh, can enhance your interest, enjoyment, performance in the game of golf. That means uh, what you hold in your hand to play and uh, training devices and what you wear. And, oh, my God, right. it's just overwhelming. So much <laughs> fun to see all old stuff, new stuff, and, and cool stuff. Yeah, it's it's amazing for for somebody, and obviously it's an industry-driven uh, show, so it's not open to the general public. But um, it's it, and it would really it's a shame in, in some ways because it would be very interesting. I think people would really find uh, what they would see at the show um, very very interesting. So you, you mentioned, which is going to lead into to the next conversation um, about obviously uh, it being scaled down as a result of of uh, the last couple of years with COVID. Last year actually it was completely virtual only. Uh, this year was the first year that they sort of opened the doors again. And um, But you had mentioned to me as well off air that you guys had to make some adjustments. Obviously, when COVID hit uh, in 2020, uh, there was a lot of uncertainty what was going to happen. And many of your events, if not all of your events early on, were probably, uh, as many others were, uh, canceled. Uh, so you guys had to make some adjustments. You said you found some interesting ways to really um, still get the message and still communicate with various members and, and still get uh, the information out there. So maybe you could share a little bit about what you guys did during this pandemic to sort of keep the wheels moving. Absolutely, Ted. You know, there's nothing like being together in person. You and I are in different towns uh, doing this show and having a good time uh, with the listeners, and that's great. But it's it's always cool to uh, be together, eye to eye, show and tell, having a beverage, etc. Um, so when we were at the PGA show, it was fun because we got back with media folks and and you know those PGA pros. People may not understand it, but your PGA pro, you say it's a um, industry and it's sort of closed. But the golf professionals, whether they're at a club, 
uh, or a public course, they're going out doing their homework. They're doing their shopping. They're doing some of their educationals, and they're bringing all the um, the latest and greatest, the new and exciting, back to you, mm-hmm. um, the the average uh, golfer, the in, uh, person who's going to en- enjoy their efforts, uh, the fruit of their efforts all year long. So it will be remiss if I didn't uh, tip my cap to the PGA professionals <laughs> who are out are uh, getting ready for the season, just like you and I are gearing up as well. Uh, but anyway, when we couldn't get together uh, in person so much, um, it, it was tough, you know, because the show and tell uh, was a little bit uh, difficult. Uh, but what we started mm-hmm. to do, we did it first with our board, was to get together um, online, and we discovered uh, these face-to-face uh, applications. We used Zoom. And uh, we started to be able to uh, see people's expressions on the board when we were talking. But we also got the idea, hey, we can uh, call some of our friends, some of the famous, and we can share some uh, cool stuff with our members. So the, the members of ours who had a computer uh, and, uh, or a smartphone who could uh, respond to an invitation, and we use constant contact, uh, to mm-hmm. reach out to them and say, hey, we're going to have a party. We're going to—it's a—it's a grand Zoom series, and we invented that <laughs> term, and we started inviting folks. Um, and we had uh, Bob Jones the fourth, grandson of the great Bobby Jones, and we had a, mm-hmm. an hour chat with him, and he answered questions at the end for those members of ours who came online uh, to see him and to interact. So. This has become a seasonal thing. We had the uh, the summer series and the fall series. I'm now engaged in the winter series, and it's great mm-hmm. fun. People always learn, and uh, they have a chance to hear some inside stories that probably won't appear in a book for one reason or another. So it's sort of an insider's look that our folks who are members get to do that live, and we record them and put those uh, on our website. So our website has mm-hmm. become more valuable to our members, Ted, by using that technology, keeping the Zoom calls, and letting our members go back time and again. So that's that's one really good way that we've used it. Um, if I can continue another, uh, sure. I have a special in my medical practice with my oldsters. Um, they're really cool people, especially especially my 90-plus group. You know, they've been around the block. They've got, uh, they've seen a lot, and they've got some opinions, uh, and they didn't get there by being shy. So most mm-hmm. of the time, I really enjoy them and their golf journey. So I've started recording some of their stories. I've showed up on a couple of doorsteps and said, hey, tell me about your experience in a game of golf. And believe it or not, I just sit there and listen and record, and oh, my gosh, the stories that they will tell, and those are very, very <laughs> for our audience, our own listeners, our own members. So there's a couple of examples of how you adapt. Yep. I can can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Ted. Somebody's dog's behind him. It's not me. Yeah. That's okay. Sorry about that. Oh, we're good. Go ahead. So, yeah, so the technology might be just a little intimidating for our folks 
And, of course, uh, we're putting together a team uh, to help anybody and everybody to uh, help them uh, plug into the technology uh, if they need some assistance on getting onto our website and, and navigating it uh, and getting onto a Zoom call. So we have volunteers uh, that will make it easy to do. So uh, people that come onto our website can take a quick look-see and see the list of all these things, and we hope that they'll spend 50 bucks for a year's membership and then have access to all the people who are our greatest resource all those um, authorities that I mentioned, and the wealth of um, information that and entertainment that they might get uh, by being uh, a visitor to our website and taking advantage of some of these membership benefits. You know, and, and what's interesting is uh, about that is the, the fact that, you know, being able to now access t- this technology, um, which, you know, has been around for a little while, but you know, it's the industry, as many other industries have, have really kind of been forced through this pandemic um, to sort of find other ways of communicating with one another in addition to some of our traditional ways. So really, it, it, in, in many ways, it's opened up a new door for you guys um, to be able to share uh, some of the experiences and some of the um, history even further um, to a much even broader audience. I mean, obviously, coming on shows like this and doing other programs and things certainly helps and certainly visiting the website. But now you're able to bring, um, you know, discussions or, um, you know, memories of, of some of your, uh, your, your more senior um, clientele and that to be able to share some of that, record it, and then upload it, as you said, to your website, uh, giving people an opportunity to share um, their own personal experiences, which obviously benefits everybody all the way around. So I think that's a great way um, that you guys have utilized that over the last couple of years during a difficult time for, for all of us. Hey, Ted, you know, we went to the um, San Diego show for the GCSAA. For those folks who don't know those initials, that's Golf Course Superintendents Association of America. Their conference and their trade show is called the Big Show in Golf because they have the people that bring the tractors and the fertilizers mm-hmm. and all the things that that are uh, brought to bear, the irrigation systems uh, that allow us to enjoy the game of golf on terra firma. And, uh, boy, you talk about expanding your horizons. When our team went out <laughs> there, just in, I'm telling you, um, you know, we, we sat with people – and they told stories about their careers as a superintendent and how meticulous they are about agronomy and learning uh, the grasses and, you know, the timing of uh, watering. Oh, my goodness, what a learning experience it was for me. Mm. And meeting those people, inviting them to go to golfheritage.org, I'm telling you, it was, it was really, really good for us. Yeah, and, and again, this is another area of the game that a lot of people don't really understand what goes on behind. It's not just the equipment, uh, but also the the um, golf course themselves, what goes into preparing uh, the v- variety of different courses that are out there. Um, there's a lot of work that goes behind it, the, everything from the turf itself to um, other aspects to the undulations and the greens, what goes into um, preparing that, um, you know, for golf courses. So, yeah, I'm sure it would be a very eye-opening experience for, for virtually anybody, but even people that are associated with the industry um, that maybe don't always know what goes on behind. So I could see that that would be a very interesting uh, opportunity for uh, for yourself and, and others involved. So let's talk about 
if you wouldn't mind, let's talk about some of... Um, now, last year, I, we were talking a little bit about events. Now, you had an event last year, I believe, um, actually your national convention, um, which was in around September uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, were you able to do that? Um, it was a, also a, a trade show as well, I think, it was open to the public. Um, was that able to go through as you have in the past, or did that have to go more virtual because of the, the restrictions still? Well, we did both, Ted, and, and I'm very, very, very pleased to say that it was our uh, biggest and best show ever, um, and the feedback that we got was terrific. And, and the reason we got good feedback was because, and we did it safely, uh, we, we used mm -hmm. a large enough place that we were able to social distance, wear masks, and use all the hand protection and everything you do, even uh, with collectibles. Right. You know, it was how, how conscious uh, and cooperative people were. But our, our program Ed, was, uh, was uh, really diverse. Uh, we we had uh, uh, a section on golf art, and we had uh, artists that were portrait painters and landscape painters. Uh, we had four artists uh, and two virtually. They had a little trouble staying with us, but um, um, we had uh, Linda Harto uh, come on, yep. and, and she's the uh, more recognizable, if not the most recognizable, landscape golf artist, and she was just a delight. And a couple of um, uh, older members and newer members. So a young lady uh, 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 named uh, Steph Maraca, and uh, look up Steph's work, and, and she's a wonderful uh, landscape artist and golf uh, interested uh, um, uh, architect um, uh, representative as well. So when we were uh, in uh, Monroeville, PA, uh, 10 miles east of Pittsburgh, we went another 20 miles out to Latrobe. Bob Arnold Palmer's home place, and we played our uh, event there, both Hickory and uh, Classics. So when we get people together on the same day playing modern and back to Classic and back to Hickory, we're calling that a heritage hmm. golf game. And it's what we do now. And you and I can go out, and I'll call you and say, what are we playing today? And you may say, well, <laughs> I'm going to play my moderns. And I'll say, you know, I'm feeling like I'm going to play this course with classic clubs because it's where Arnold Palmer grew up, and that's what he played. And that is exactly mm -hmm. what I did. And it was a gorgeous, wonderful day given to us probably by Mr. Palmer and his dad themselves. And they smiled on us, and we had a fabulous time there. It was great. Yeah, and, and, and you know, there's a lot of history there. Obviously, Arnold was a, a big proponent not only playing the game, but obviously with the history of the game as well. And I think that's very, very cool that you were able to sort of partake in some of that. I want to move on to some of the other um, events and, and um, things that are coming up in uh, the calendar this year. So, for instance, you have your uh, National Hickory Championship, which is going to be at Foxburg uh, Country Club in Foxburg, Pennsylvania, and that's from June 2nd to 4th. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, for those listeners who don't know, Berg is 1887. Uh, a gentleman named Fox came back from Scotland with a bundle of sticks, and everybody wanted to know what they were and what to do with them. And they developed a six-hole golf course, which became a nine-hole, then an 18, and now down to the nine, uh, uh, most of them original. 
uh, at Foxburg, which is about an hour north of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, just above Route 80. And uh, that golf course has uh, not the original clubhouse, but an old log cabin style with a great porch on it. And upstairs they have a museum of antique golf clubs that is uh, impressive, if not as big as the USGA. It has some of the old and um, very interesting uh, clubs. Uh, The course itself is played today with modern clubs, and when we show up, we play closer with the gutty, pre-1900, smooth face, and that um, solid ball that I talked about, made out of that Malaysian rubber. Of course, we use replicas Hmm. because a 100-year-old ball would go to powder as soon as you hit it. And I have to tell you, we discovered they had these boxes. They're about, oh, three feet long, foot and a half wide, and they have made of cement. And they have two holes in them, two square holes, one for the water and one for the sand, so that you can make your own sand tee and tee off in period, dressed in period, off and hit your gutty ball off a sand tee. That's Foxburg, the wow. way it was played when when it was uh, originated. Wow. That's very cool. Um, <laughs> so you did it. You, you know, that's a wild word and cool word. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and again, this is really what it's all about, is to allow people to see that you know, what they're visualizing on television today is, is a much different game than what it was you know, 100 or so years ago. And so this is what's really unique about what uh, the Gulf Heritage Society brings to the table is, is you're you know sort of allowing people to walk down the history of the game uh, to where it is today. Now I, I know on the 26th of June you also have another event. It's a local qualifier. Um, that's going to be in uh, the Glen Carey, uh, Glen Gary, excuse me, Country Club uh, in Latrobe, uh, Pennsylvania. Tell us about that. What's that all about, and and how is that uh, being set up? Well, um, this is um, a wonderful event um, with modern club play. Uh, at Glengarry, uh, and uh, it's going to be uh, it, it's um, sponsored uh, uh, by a group that we partner with, uh, and that group um, is going to have a competitive. Uh, that's their national championship, as I understand it, um, that will define the four players from four different levels who will represent uh, the going over to Scotland, and I believe there's going to be um, uh, three or four uh, international teams uh, out there. And so they'll have a uh, lower handicap, a middle handicap, and a higher handicap group go out there. Now, the Golf Heritage Society is is going to partner with those amateurs uh, in that event Um, And some of our members, Golf Heritage Society members, um, may decide to go as ambassadors for the the American sport of the game of golf. And we may go over there and and play uh, uh, Castle Stewart um, and, you know, take our hickories and play it. Um, So it's going to be a very new thing, a unique thing. And all of your listeners who are a little shy about playing classics or hickory golf are welcome um, to get involved with that um, uh, group and organization to um, uh, participate and maybe even win that free trip 
And if they don't and they hmm. want to come with us anyway, they'll be more than welcome uh, to join up with the crew that's going over there. Now, also, too, during that day um, in a variety of different activities is also a fundraising uh, component for the Arnold and Winnie uh, Palmer Foundation. How did that come about? Well, you know, that same gentleman, uh, Randy Tank Tanglinger, um, who's uh, sponsoring and running that uh, uh, that amateur uh, modern tournament, um, uh, he's a videographer, and uh, he's a cool guy. And, you know, he and I met along with First Tee um, when I was uh, board chair doing some promotional. He heard about the heritage, and he made a video for me for that, which we still use. And, you know... Um, he is a force. He showed up uh, on his own and said, hey, can I do some video uh, production for you guys uh, recording uh, the, um, uh, the play at Latrobe Country Club? And he did that. So we, we're kind of uh, become partners, fast friends, uh, if you will. And uh, he's a tremendous guy, and we want to see uh, he and his events be just as successful because, you know, just like our mission statement says, hey, bringing people together in friendship around the game of golf. So it's very fulfilling to work with Randy uh, and, and uh, see him um, bring the, uh, uh, the modern players a little closer to see the history that we're um, um, bringing when we play. Mm-hmm. Very good. And in July uh, 14th to the 16th, uh, you're uh, having the Keeper of the Spirit Gutty Challenge in Eagle Springs, Wisconsin. Tell us about that event. Yeah, so this one is sponsored by a different group called the Society of Hickory Golfers, and all my dear good friends who play only um, uh, Hickory Golf, uh, some of the folks play a variety of things like myself, and some of the guys are very dedicated. They enjoy a a specific type of golf, whether it's uh, pre-1900 gutty golf or post-1900 with a modern ball. Uh, golf is golf. Um, even though it's um, uh, very different from what you see on television, you know it's the same. We're all striking a ball, and we're trying to put it in that hole. Um, and right. when you go out there in Wisconsin, you know, you find some very passionate players um, uh, playing that uh, uh, Hickory event. Um, the course is phenomenal. Uh, I've not yet had the pleasure of being them on that uh, course, but everybody raves about it. So if you want to give uh, Hickory a try, that's a uh, wonderful opportunity. Uh, and those folks are uh, super accommodating. Every time I've been, you know, up north there, I, I just uh, marvel at how friendly and how um, uh, accommodating uh, uh, and hospitable uh, uh, golfers are everywhere. But in particular, mm-hmm. these, uh, uh, these Hickory events, they're fun. Yeah, and then you come back in August, the 11th, 13th, you come back for the Foxburg uh, Hickory Championship uh, back at the same country club in Foxburg, Pennsylvania. Um, now, is that a follow-up event from the earlier one? Well, that's the, that's the original. That is, that is your okay. uh, 13th 
uh, and a guy named Ton Johnson um, uh, from Ohio, who's a hickory guy, said, hey, there ought to be an annual hickory event at Foxburg, and we established it. Now, the NHC that's played in June is the national uh, championship with the uh, pre-1900, the original tournament. It's in year 25. Even if you're not playing, that would be an event to come to Foxburg either in June or in August uh, to witness. Uh, and you will see uh, any number of good players and hackers like me go out there dressed in period and have a great time. And you'll say, man, I, I, I wish I could get my hands on a few of those sticks. And guess what? On that porch, you can pick up a few of those sticks and bang them around and maybe even buy a few. Cheap. Very yeah. good. And rolling into September, into nice fall uh, weather, uh, is going to be the U.S. Hickory Open, and that's going to be uh, catered at the Mission um, sorry Mission Inn uh, Resort in Florida. Um, that is yeah. obviously uh, an annual event as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, our friends with the Society of Hickory Golfers, that is their um, uh, keynote event. That is their um, um, top shelf event. Uh, they're going to use two golf courses because it's been so popular um, that uh, the highly competitive lower handicap golfers um, really um, uh, gravitate to that. And now with the second uh, course offering, um, more hickory players who aren't as low handicap but want to go and have a great time, they're going to be there and be accommodated, which I really applaud them for that adjustment. And the Golf Heritage Society, yours truly, and our our team are going to uh, bring a uh, trade show. Just like in our own um, annual event, we're going to try to help them uh, bring folks with stuff, uh, golf collectibles, those historical artifacts that speak about their own history, uh, and the experts that can explain all about it. So we're hoping to partner with them uh, for that event. And um, our plans are to uh, support them and invite all of you to uh, see how this works and whether you play or watch, uh, uh, look and learn. When you go to a trade show, you cannot spend a dime and just walk around and learn about old stuff and really become uh, absorbed in the game. Or you can start to pick up a few things and develop some collecting interest or boost a collection you already have. And... A little bit later on in September, uh, the Golf Heritage Society's National Convention rolls around again, this time in Indianapolis. Uh, where uh, is there anything special planned for this season Things now that things have opened up a little bit more? Are you still going to sort of do uh, an in-person but also uh, still incorporate some of the virtual uh, aspects to it as well? What have you got planned for this year? Yeah, so thanks, Ted. Yes, uh, we're, 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 I, I mentioned that we had a very successful convention on the um, uh, program strength, and we have a lot of good ideas to pick up on, slightly different but equally interesting. By the way, last year we partnered with the USGA. They sent representatives and made a presentation. Uh, it's very likely uh, that uh, they will, again, uh, work with us and send a team and do another interesting uh, presentation. Um, and, of course, uh, we'll dream up um, some things that have our club and ball collector people in awe. Last year it was uh, the history of the golf wedge. Uh, this year I'm not sure what it will be. It may be the evolution of the, of the golf wood, 
from then till now. Uh, that will be my personal preference, but uh, I'm not on the uh, programming committee. Um, and, and we'll visit a, um, uh, an old famous club and we'll play heritage golf. You can bring what you want. So if you're listening and saying, man, that would be cool, but I don't dare uh, dress in period yet. Um, um, but I will bring my, um, my modern clubs in play. Sure, that would be great. You'd be welcome to come with us. So we are going to dream up a couple of special things, uh, taking advantage of the Midwest charm and the people who are there to come up with uh, their answer to the Arnold Palmer, uh, uh, Arnie's Amigos, that helped us uh, run our event in Latro, Pennsylvania. So stay tuned. Very cool. And then in October, um as I understand it, you'll be heading over to Scotland, correct? Well, there's an opportunity, uh, and this is kind of a cool story. This is how we roll, Ted. Um, you know, one of our <laughs> uh, board members, Taba Dale, um, has a, uh, a life partner named Kevin McGrath. And not only mm-hmm. do they both love golf and playing on famous old golf courses, uh, they've gotten together and put together a golf travel business um, targeting uh, Ireland mostly, uh, but also the U.K. in general. And uh, mm-hmm. they, uh, over the years, have become pretty connected and uh, approached the folks at Prestwick that they know to see if maybe we could have a Golf Heritage Society Day at Prestwick uh, this October, uh, and we held our breath. And they said yes. So we're putting wow. together a group, uh, and we're, we're hoping to play a special day uh, like they do over there, the original 12 holes of Prestwick, uh, probably with – I'm going to play Hickory if I go, um, and probably I will. <laughs> um, and uh, it'll be just after my 70th birthday, so my wife will probably give me permission. Uh, and, yes, we'll play in the morning. <laughs> And then we'll do lunch like they do it, and then we'll go out in the afternoon and we'll play the same holes in a different way. Uh, Americans play, you know, they're 18 with their clubs, with their buddies, and then they go out and do it again next week. Well, the Brits say that why don't you play alternate shot for half of it? Mm-hmm. You get back to the clubhouse faster, and you can have an extra beverage. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I think I kind of like that uh, set up a little bit better. Uh, and this is obviously in honor of the 150th anniversary of the Open Championship. Um, now, there is a limit. Uh, you're trying to limit it to about 36 participants, obviously, uh, for timing and, and, and so forth and that. But uh, it sounds like a, a really great opportunity. And I know that there is um, – I've been on your website, so I know that there is a PDF uh, that gives you more information in that as well. Um, I haven't opened the PDF, uh, obviously, yet, but I know that there was one on there when I was on the website earlier. Um, so if people are interested in maybe taking advantage or participating in this uh, special event in October, um, do they need to sort of hop on that now? And uh, can they? Um, what do they need to do in order to, to you know, uh, sort of be included, just sort of fill out a form and submit it, or, or what's uh, the process? So, Ted, um, I, I hope they do. I hope they join the uh, Golf Heritage Society 
Uh, you go online, boom, you can be an instant member with your PayPal card or your credit card, and, and you get the first priority to sign on to this, uh, this venture. Um, uh, and if you decide to stay a little longer, either before or after, um, we're working with uh, groups, uh, Taba and Kevin, of course, and, and others to, um, uh, to accommodate um, uh, folks. If you didn't know it, uh, tea times are hard to come by because of playing catch mm-hmm. up with uh, COVID delays. So it's good to have a right. uh, a friend in. The- so yes, um, uh, yes, we're looking for uh, 36 uh, individuals to participate, and uh, our members will have priority. Um, and then it will be opened up to our friends in Canada, our friends in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, course, our golf heritage um, uh, friends, the uh, Society of Hickory Golfers. So, um, yes, it will be a good idea to do that um, in the next day or so rather than put it off. Um, well, there's a lot of great information on your website, uh, golfheritage.org, and uh, obviously we want the listeners to go and visit the website and uh, the events that we talked about, there's some information there. Uh, there's also, for those that are interested in collecting, uh, maybe want to get an idea. Uh, also, there's some resources as well, uh, and um, you can reach out and contact uh, uh, the Golf Heritage Society there. There's a, a, a contact and, and also media uh, link there as well. Uh, and obviously, uh, if they're interested in becoming a member, uh, they can click right there to join uh, the GHS, as you're calling it for short, but the Golf Heritage Society. So a lot of great uh, opportunities for people to really learn um, about the game. And, uh, you know, as you move forward um, with the process, I know that you're trying to add more and do more things as, as time moves on. Um, is there anything that, that's currently not listed that you're looking at for maybe the future down the road that you're wanting to add at maybe additional special events uh, uh, of that sort, is there anything that you guys are kind of working on right now that maybe uh, hasn't quite come final yet, but uh, that you're looking forward to do in the future? Yes, <laughs> Ted. It was like <laughs> I gave you ten bucks to ask me that question, uh, and, and I am very. This is sort of a build on the technology question. You know, not only did we mm-hmm. start to uh, bring on famous people and and uh, plug them in to our members and save it for and put it on our website. Now what we're doing is we're taking people with those special interests. Well, I'm interested in golf course architecture, or I'm interested in uh, all the uh, major players um, who uh, played in the Ryder Cup, and, and I want to connect with people who do that. That's exactly where we're going. Uh, we're uh, part, putting together uh, subgroups, uh, to put these folks together behind our social media platform to say, if you're a member, you can come on with other members who have like interests. Uh, we do have a uh, Facebook uh, uh, page um, and a Facebook mm-hmm. group page. It's free. People can come and take a look at us. Uh, and it's cool because we're constantly putting interesting uh, materials on there, content on there. Uh, but the people that are members and want to hook up with people who want to really spend some time together, you know, pick every Tuesday night or something and get on a Zoom call and show what they found this week or what they learned as a a historical research project. And there's plenty of our writer folks um, who do that. It's amazing the variety and depth of, uh, of, uh, and breadth of, of uh, uh, groups that we have within uh, the golf heritage society. 
you know, there's a thousand ways, if not 10,000 ways, to enjoy the game of golf. And it, it sort of struck us that, you know, when we get together, you, you, you know, you come together for a convention and you get to meet some people, but then you go home. Now we're going to have them be able to come together online and, and have a regular opportunity to exchange and, and, and be friends. It'll be great. Right. Well, it sounds fantastic. You've got a certainly a full plate uh, for 2022 that is uh, starting to unfold, and uh, I'm glad that uh, things have opened up enough that you're able to enjoy uh, in person because I, I agree as, as much as it's interesting to have uh, online presence and, and communicate that way, uh, it's also uh, even more exciting to be able to get together in person and share some interesting stories and, and uh, some additional knowledge with one another. So, uh, Dr. Byrne, I want to thank you very much for joining me tonight. And again, that website is golfheritage.org. Uh, now that the show is, is winding down, uh, you can all, if you haven't already done so, you can go online and, and visit the website and check out some of the things that we talked about tonight and, uh, and maybe join the uh, Golf Heritage Society uh, by doing so. You can go to uh, golfheritage.org. Uh, Dr. Byrne, I want to thank you very much for joining me uh, once again and being my special guest here on Golf Talk Live. It's always a pleasure. Ted, thank you so much for having me, and I hope that your audience uh, had some fun with us tonight. Take care, everybody. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dr. Byrne. Bye-bye. All right. That was my very special guest, Dr. Byrne Bernacki, president of the Golf Heritage Society. Uh, and again, if you go to golfheritage.org is the website. Uh, you can get all the information and more uh, about what we talked about tonight. Uh, appreciate uh, his time and sharing some of the things that they've done. And, and obviously, as, as many of us had to do, uh, expand on technology uh, during this pandemic to be able to share a lot of the information uh, around the world, and obviously it sounds like it's uh, benefited their organization uh, very well, as it has so many others. Um, thanks again for joining me. Next week, as I mentioned, we'll be back to our full schedule from 6 to 8 p.m. Central uh, here in the blogtalkradio.com network. Uh, we'll be uh, reconnecting with the Coach's Corner panel. i uh, got a great uh, group coming on next uh, Thursday, March the 3rd, uh, so make sure you tune in, and then I'll have another uh, interesting guest as well to follow. So, Thanks again for joining us. Uh, again, thank you to Dr. Byrne Bernacki, president of the Golf Heritage Society, for being my special guest this evening. I'll see you next week. God bless everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's broadcast of Golf Talk Live. Ted would like to thank this evening's special guest, for joining him on the show. Remember to join Ted every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central on Golf Talk Live. You can also listen to Golf Talk Live on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. Be sure to follow Ted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, send an email to ted at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.